Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The 2023 NFL season is officially here, kicking off this week. We dive into a full 2023 NFL season preview and so much more coming up next year on this Monday edition of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday. That means you have me, Kevin Ostrich, one of the many NFL hosts on our network, also the host over at Locked On Ravens. We're free and available on podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. It's the same show, both in video form and in audio form. I appreciate everybody being here with me today and with us here on Locked On NFL, on the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's exciting. We got football back finally. Thursday night kicks it all off, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Feels like we've been waiting a long time. It, every offseason feels that way, right? But we're going to be diving into a full 2023 NFL season preview. I'm actually going to take over the first segment here. Usually when I, when I do segments by myself on the Monday show, I, I go last. I do our host that I talk to first, and then me, but I think... This takes precedent because we have a couple of extensions to get to with TJ Hawkinson. We'll talk with Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings about that. And Terrence Steele will talk with Landon McCool of Lockdown Cowboys about that. But I'm super excited for the 2023 season, and I do want to give a, a bit of a breakdown for me. So as the host of Lockdown NFL, and I guess a little Raven sprinkle on the side there, we'll, we'll get into a full NFL preview in the first segment. We'll talk with Luke in the second segment and Landon in the final part of the show. So. Plan to talk about here today. Let's first start off with just expectations for this season. It feels like overall, a lot of teams in the AFC are going to compete. There are a, a handful, a small handful of teams in the NFC that are going to compete. I think, as I've talked about on this show and on Locked On Ravens, I think in the AFC, there are probably 14 teams you could call playoff contenders. Now, does that mean everybody's a Super Bowl contender or a really great contender? No. I mean, teams like the Raiders and the Titans and a couple others, I'm not pegging for Super Bowl appearances or anything. But I do think that those teams can make the playoffs. They have enough talent to make the playoffs. So I'm not necessarily counting them out. And I think they can make it as a wild card team, for example, but I think you have a lot of top heaviness in the NFC in more spread outness. I don't think that's a word, but more spread outness in the AFC, where the NFC, you know what it is, right? Philadelphia made the Super Bowl last year after a great season. They're prime contenders. San Francisco, prime contenders. Dallas, I would say, is a prime contender too. But then you get to some of these other teams like the Seahawks and the Saints, and maybe the Giants are in that conversation. And you look around the rest of the league and you're thinking, well, are there any other teams that could compete, whether it's the NFC North or the Vikings going to take a step back? We'll talk with Luke Braun in the second segment about that. 
but I don't think there are many other top contending teams outside of Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas this year, and there are only a couple in the tier below them, which I think are still contenders. In the AFC, I think you got to put the Chiefs in their own category. I think then you have Baltimore, Cincinnati, Buffalo, no particular order in that second tier. And then the third and fourth tiers, I mean, you have a lot of teams that can kind of fall into that third tier, like still contenders, but maybe not the top of the top. The Jets, the the, the Patriots, even if you want to go that far, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Broncos. There are teams in there. And maybe you put the Broncos down more towards where the Raiders and the Titans are. But even in that other tier, you put Pittsburgh in there, you put Cleveland in there too. There are a lot of teams in the AFC that can compete and that can make life really difficult for the top contenders in, in the conference as well. So I'm really excited about it. I mean, looking at the divisions overall, I think there there is a lot to there's a lot to like, I'd say, about each division this year. I think there's going to be, I think the only division where there's not going to be a ton of competition is the AFC South. I think Jacks, I would give Jacksonville that division already. Maybe the NFC South as well. You could say the Saints are probably the heavy, heavy favorites there. But then every other division, I think you have at least two contenders that could win the division in the AFC North. I think all four of those teams can make some noise in Cincinnati, Baltimore, in Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. In the AFC East, you know, you, you obviously have guys like the Jets that are looking to come up with Aaron Rodgers. and know the Patriots going to be good, but obviously the Bills are the favorite. But then you have the Dolphins, too. All four of those teams could make some noise. In the AFC West, I think the Chiefs, obviously, still the favorite. But then you do have the Broncos and the Chargers. And even you know, if you want to put the Raiders in there, that's fine. NFC East, Dallas and Philadelphia we talked about. But then also the Giants and even the Commanders, right? What, what, what could the Commanders do this season? Then, you know, if you want to go and talk about the NFC West, we're not really talking about the Cardinals or the Rams this year, I don't think. But Seattle, I think, still is a contender. I think the 49ers are the top contender in that division, but doesn't mean that the Seahawks can't make some noise as well. Then I think even looking at the North, I think that's going to be it's maybe not Chicago's year, but is Jordan Love going to do well in Green Bay? How's Minnesota going to fare? Is Detroit going to win that division this season? So, Oh no, outside of the two South divisions, I do like the chances of a lot of teams to just, just compete. Even if it's just competing this year, I do like that. And then you look around the league at the players, right? I think the players overall this year, it's going to be exciting to watch a ton of these guys quarterback wise, Mahomes and Hertz and Allen and, and Jackson and Burrow and all those quarterbacks. They're going to be great. Can Justin Herbert take another leap as well? How is Justin Fields? Justin Fields to me is someone that I'm really interested to watch. How is Dak and that Dallas offense going to perform? But then I also really, I'm excited to see how defenses step up this year. Like, I think there are a lot of good defenses. We saw the Eagles defense kind of burst onto the scene last year. That was, they had talent and they've, they've lost a lot of that talent and free agency. But I, I do still think that there is, I don't know how to put it. There are good defenses this year, but I think the one that's going to burst onto the scene this year is the Saints. The Saints have a really easy schedule this year. They have a lot of talent on, on that defense still. Might not be as stacked as that Philly defense was, but I still think that the Saints will be that team that will that will get the favorable schedule and, and has gotten it, but will will have the advantage from that and take full advantage of it. But then you have other defenses that I think are going to step up. I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about that Baltimore defense, who I think is going to play a really big role in the Ravens' success this season. I think other teams, I think Cleveland has a sneaky good defense this year. And I know we've kind of been talking about Cleveland, like, oh, they'll finally be good this year, and then they're not. But I, I do think that this is the year that Cleveland actually does 
does does do something. I don't know what it's going to be, but at least do something this year. I think other than that, you know, the Bills, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, all, all those teams have good defenses. And could this be the year of the kicker? Justin Tucker and the Ravens don't got to worry about him. But then I think the second tier of guys, Daniel Carlson, Evan McPherson, Tyler Bass, you know, there are a couple others as well. Harrison Butker, I'd still put in that tier as well. But I think kickers are as important as ever. They could win or lose a game. Now, luckily me covering the Ravens, I haven't really had to worry about a ton of kicker woes over the past decade with Justin Tucker there after that horrendous Billy Cundiff miss in the 2012 AFC Championship, but or 2011, excuse me. But I still think that this could be a year where kickers do step up, and I think we're seeing every year the importance get amplified even more here. Now, in terms of my predictions for, for playoffs, for Super Bowl, to me, I think that, again, AFC is going to be a gauntlet. For any team that makes the playoffs, not, not even just getting there is going to be a gauntlet because it will be, but actually getting and representing the conference, getting out of that conference is going to be huge. I think that the final four, as I've talked about, will be Baltimore, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo, no particular order. I think that the Steelers could make some noise this year. I mean, I mean, Kenny Pickett could be a bounce uh, not bounce back, but a breakout guy. George Pickens could be a breakout guy too. I think that it seemed like the Chargers. Could this finally be the year? Jacksonville too, but I think the final four will be Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. I will put Kansas City and Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, and I will put Kansas City moving on to the Super Bowl again. That, that's what I will have. Now, a lot of that does have to do with Chris Jones, and if he's back, you know, obviously doesn't look like he's going to be back by week one, but – We'll see what happens with him, but he's a big part of what Kansas City does. But I, I just think it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and I, I love Lamar. I love I love the Ravens. I think they're going to be great this year. I love what they've done building their roster up. I think they're absolutely a Super Bowl contender, and I think that that game will be close in the AFC Championship game. But I'll, I'll go Chiefs by a hair in that. But I, I hope I'm jinxing it for the Ravens. I hope I'm wrong there personally from a locked-on Ravens perspective. And NFC-wise, my final fours I kind of listed out. Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, and New Orleans I'll put in there. I think the championship game will be Philadelphia and Dallas. Uh, I'll put those two, and then I will say Philadelphia. So rematch. I will say a rematch of the Super Bowl from last year, but a different result. I think Philly wins the Super Bowl this year. They lost a lot of talent on defense. There are clear question marks. I would not be shocked if San Fran beats Dallas or Philly to get to the Super Bowl in any case, but I'm going to pick Philly. I think Jalen Hurts was really motivated. I think we're going to see a step up from him as well. Philly's lost some guys. I mean, there, it was not realistic they were going to be able to pay all their players, but they had a really good draft. I think they still were able to add a, they were They were able to replenish some talent, not all, but I will say Philly over Kansas City for the Super Bowl this year. Coming up in the second part of the show, though, we'll be diving into our conversation with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings about TJ Hawkinson and just who the Vikings are this year. So be sure to stay tuned. Lots to get to on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And football season kicks off this Thursday, and there's no better way to get in on the action than with Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game. Just pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats. Then do what you usually spend kickoff night doing. 
watching the game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. It's legal in over 30 states, and it's a ton of fun. If you want to build your dream team today, head over to their easy-to-use mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code Locked On, and not only will Underdog double your first deposit up to $100, but they'll also have a Pick'em special live now in their Pick'em lobby. Patrick Mahomes just has to get one yard for your pick to be correct. Remember, that's Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code Locked On. Use the link in the description or scan the QR code if you're watching us on YouTube. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Olshek is still here with you on this kickoff Monday. Now, not actually a game today. We had some really crazy college football games over the weekend, but the NFL kickoff is on Thursday. The defending champs, Kansas City Chiefs, going up against what is the new America's team in the Detroit Lions. The Cowboys will always be America's team, seemingly. But the Lions have that, that everybody loves them feeling, so we'll, we'll talk about what the NFC North could be with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. TJ Hawkinson got extended. We'll also get into who this Vikings team actually is and what it can mean for the NFC North. So let's get into that conversation now. Well, the Minnesota Vikings traded for TJ Hawkinson during the 2022 season, and he gets a payday from Minnesota right before the 2023 season. Here to talk about that with me is Luke Braun, the host of Locked On Vikings. And Luke, I know this deal for TJ Hawkinson, it's a pretty big one when you, when you look at the total money and guarantees, but I think there's a lot more to unpack in the deal. Hawkinson obviously becomes somebody, he became someone the Vikings valued in their offense. The Vikings were looking for a number one tight end. He gave that to them coming over from a division rival. Was this payday earned from TJ Hawkinson? And to you, was the money expected? Yeah, it was kind of always going to happen. This is this is like asking if the Chargers were going to give Justin Herbert big money. It's like, of course they were. Um, like they traded a second round pick and they didn't do it for a dude on his fifth year option in a franchise tag. Like they did not do this for a two year rental in the short term. This is an actual piece that the Vikings are going to build around. And one of the central questions in Minnesota is, OK, who are they going to build around? Because they haven't really extended anybody major. They're working on Justin Jefferson. I, I actually think that's going to happen soon here, or at least that's been the reporting. Um, but before they had Hawkinson, you know, they kind of did a Band-Aid thing with Daniel Hunter. Kirk Cousins has got this year, and then he's a free agent. They got rid of other vet. Like, who are their core pieces? Okay, well, now we at least know who one of them is. And, yeah, if you want to talk about the actual money and the amount and stuff, I think you have to talk more about markets than, is, than, than most people want to and kind of understand, you know, cap environments and negotiating leverage and all that stuff. Um, but what, like... There was never any serious question as to whether or not the Vikings were going to extend to TJ Hawkinson. The questions were, how much is it going to be and what's the day it actually happens? Right. And to me, that was the case. You don't just trade a second round pick and then, you know, unless it goes disastrously wrong, not extend the guy. Right. And I think Hawkinson worked Especially out after the season. Like after the back half of the season that Hawkinson had, which I don't know if you uh, watched any Vikings games, but they were kind of cool on offense once Hawkinson <laughs> got there. Uh, and you can see that reflected statistically as well in terms of like depth of target and the impact that that had on Kirk Cousins and um, Hawkinson himself was just very productive. But uh, beyond all that, it's like even if, you know, even without that, it's like we know who TJ Hawkinson is. We know he's one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Is he prime Kelsey? Is he George Kittle? Eh, probably not, but I think he's right in that next tier. Uh, and that is an important thing in the league. I think the value of tight ends, I went on a huge diatribe on it on Lockdown Vikings. The value of tight ends is very, very misunderstood. 
there is a value in being able to pass and block that is not properly captured by just looking at how how productive someone is in the past or in the past or how productive somebody is blocking. And by the way, TJ Hawkinson was like, I think he was like top 15 in receiving yards from week nine onwards when he joined the Vikings. So like <laughs> think of him as a wide receiver. He's making Hunter Renfro money. We'll take that. Yeah. And the Vikings invested, you know, not only in Hawkinson, but in Josh Oliver earlier in the offseason, who turned himself in Baltimore Indeed. into one of the betting better blocking tight ends in the NFL. Obviously, Earth Smith Jr. no longer there, which by the way, Luke, that was my favorite locked on now anyone has ever done on this network. <laughs> he got hurt. Yeah. Oh, he looked so good. That camp. I had just come from Vikings camp and he was like the stud of camp. He was going blow for blow with Justin Jefferson. It looked like he was wow. going to be as good as Justin Jefferson. And then he tears his meniscus. He's out for the year. I was devastated. And, and it, it didn't come back in 2022 nearly as well. I hope he does well in, in Cincinnati. I don't think the book's closed on him at all. Yeah, no, not not at all. But I know, Luke, you actually went into it a little bit. I wanted to ask about what Hawkinson actually brought to the Vikings last year and then how he can kind of build upon that role this season. Yeah, to understand that, you have to kind of understand the problem that the Vikings had on offense. Um, like, they were very famously volatile and streaky, right? They would get up by three scores, they would blow the lead. They'd go down by five scores, they would come back. Like, you'd have the worst quarter you've ever seen and then Super Bowl caliber football in the same game. And it's like, how does that happen? And the reason, a lot of the reason for the, the offensive struggles that they would go on is if you put a safety over the top of Justin Jefferson and bracketed him, there's nothing any wide receiver can do about that. Ask Chad Ochocinco or Terrell Owens, right? Ask Randy Moss, like the, the greats I'll struggle with that. Um, and that's how teams would, would handle, you know, the best receiver in the league. Uh, we had no counterpunch. Nothing else on the Vikings offense could handle that if you just bracketed Justin Jefferson, took all of his routes away, and then the Vikings didn't have crap for a run game. And they had Adam Thielen, who was declining. I think his decline is exaggerated, but declining some at least. And KJ Osborne, who's fine, but you can't run an offense through him. Um, bringing in TJ Hawkinson, he immediately became wide receiver too. He became the second receiving option on the Vikings. Uh, and that gave the Vikings a counterpunch to those. If you just kind of spammed cover two on Justin Jefferson, you could get killed by TJ Hawkinson on the backside running a, a dig versus a linebacker. He could kill you doing that. And he helped a little bit in the run game, just being a better blocker than Irv Smith. Um, Irv Smith, who had kind of been hurt a, a bunch again in 2022 and was having a, a weird season. Um, and just sort of completing what was a really weak room going in. I mean, tight end one was Johnny Munt for a while. Uh, upgrading from that to TJ Hawkinson had a really, really big impact on the offense. And it let the Vikings push the ball downfield a little bit more. Because you couldn't just stay in two high safeties. Now you have to worry about this tight end. And you kind of have to say, all right, cornerback, you just got to keep up with Justin Jefferson on this one. And then you have, you know big pass to Benjamin or over Benjamin St. Juice, you know, in a, in a tight spot, you would have games where, yeah, they would just say, no, we're just going to say, if you're going to beat us with TJ Hawkinson, you'll beat us with TJ Hawkinson. That's how they got the win against the giants on Christmas Eve. Uh, that is like, he would have 150 yards. If you double Justin Jefferson all day, you'd have these games where Haha, we, we, we held Justin Jefferson to 40 yards. Look how good a Dory Jackson is. And meanwhile, the tight ends over there putting up like two bills on you, you know? <laughs> I mean, and it's great because I think Minnesota, again, added Jordan Addison in the draft. You extend Hawkins, and I think Kirk Cousins has a very viable arsenal of weapons at his disposal. But, Luke, when talking about the Vikings in general, 
there there's a lot of debate points about just who this team mm-hmm. is this year because I think some people are still high on the the combo of Kirk and Justin Jefferson, the extension of Hawkinson and the defense, but then other people expect a vast decline. After Minnesota, I think, exceeded all expectations last year and put up one heck of a season winning the NFC North with a 13-4 and record. So in your eyes, with us being less than a week away from the season, who in your eyes, Luke, are these Minnesota Vikings? The word volatile comes to mind, maybe. Um, look, this is not going to be the most consistent team in the league. This is not going to be a methodical West coast, you know, just like march their way down the field. That's what you're going to see out of like San Francisco or Philadelphia. If you look to Minnesota, you're going to see weird stuff. You're going to see more weird comebacks and blown leads. And, and, uh, part of the reason is that's just always been who Kirk cousins is. You know, if, if you can get five good games out of Kirk cousins, it's the longest streak he's ever had, you know? Um, that's always been who he is, where he just is, is prone to a couple of stinkers every year and that show, Hey, you know, this offense was doing great. And then, but, but you kind of got to ignore that game. Right. But also on defense, it's a totally different world. Um, it could not be more deep different on defense. That defense last year was the most passive defense I've like ever seen in Minnesota, which sucks for the history and legacy of this team to have like a soft zone defense that backs off and lets you complete all the eight yard passes you want until you're in the end zone. Um, Transitioning from that to Brian Flores, blitz heavy, a lot of cover zero, very all out, very YOLO. Um, And what that means is that you're going to have these moments where they blitz a whole bunch, they get seven sacks in a game and they look like Super Bowl contenders. And then you're going to have ones where the other team can pick up the blitzes and suspect cornerbacks on the back end are going to be in one-on-ones getting exposed. Um, So you're going to have kind of two sides of the same coin. It's going to be a very Jekyll and Hyde kind of season, and it's just a matter of how many times do we get Jekyll, how many times do we get Hyde. That's going to be your record. Huge shout-out to Luke for hopping on with me here on the show today. And if you want to check out more of Luke's work, be sure to do it over at the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in the final part of the show, we'll be diving into a conversation once again with Locked On Cowboys and Landon McCool. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll be right back here on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Hour to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long, whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to be providing you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the coming season, let's see who Vinny's picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And if you're looking for a player to take in fantasy football drafts, it will spark his new team's offense and also help you speed the victory. Use a luxury pick on Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Ridley's looked sleek during his first camp at Jacksonville, ready to river up again after his time in Atlanta, taking full advantage of riding with rising Trevor Lawrence. It's his quarterback. And again, Vinny from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit in over 122 million parts and accessories for a vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, they have it all. Alternator, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car. Because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forward, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now you know it'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay guaranteed fit everything your vehicle is calling for so just a click away with the parts and accessories to fit your vehicle just look for the green check get the right parts the right fit and the right price at ebaymotors.com let's write eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers all the time as well as Susan supply 
We are back. Locked on NFL, our final segment here on Monday. Kevin Ostrakis through here with you again. Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen each and every day on this show. We're going to now dive into a conversation with Landon McCool again. This is the third straight week of Locked on Cowboys coming on here because the Cowboys keep making moves, but it's great for me because both Marcus and Landon are great. But we'll get into our conversation with Landon now. Well, Dallas Cowboys just keep being in the news. And for the third straight week, we have a Locked On Cowboys host here. We talked to him last week. It's Landon McCool, one of the hosts of Locked On Cowboys. And Landon, with this Dallas team, they're getting guys under contract. And I think it's a good thing before the season to get these things done. The latest addition, or I guess re-addition of Dallas here, is Terrence Steele, who's staying with the Cowboys on a five-year massive, massive deal. $86.8 million, includes $50 million guaranteed, and I think has a max upside of right around $91, $92 million. I think to a lot of people outside of Dallas, it felt like kind of a shock to see Terrence Steele get this kind of money. But with you, Landon, obviously being plugged in to the Cowboys, what does this deal mean for Dallas and what does it mean for Steele himself? Well, first thing, let's talk about Dallas and their five-year deals, right? Like anytime you see Dallas sign a five-year deal with somebody, uh, there's funny money in there. There's voidable years. There's there's uh, guarantees that can be moved around. So really, you kind of look at the guarantees and and you think about it in a three-year context. Uh, and, and I think it's, it, it kind of plays out a little bit more than $15 uh, uh, million dollars, uh, a year. And, and I think that's kind of really what the contract is right ultimately a, a three-year 50 million dollar contract right uh but but yeah there's ways of them to move that money around and kind of make it look different and, and extend it if they want to uh, you know for some for people that are uninformed or, or just not familiar with Terrence Steele, i mean i think i think this is one of the most well-earned contracts i've seen in a long time simply because we haven't seen a guy kind of improve himself so rapidly and so thoroughly in such a short amount of time uh, you know, just flashback to his rookie season. He came in as an undrafted free agent out of Texas Tech uh, and was thrown into the fire due to some injuries and had to end up starting at left tackle. And he was awful. Like he was, I mean, it was, it was terrible. Uh, it was a really, really, it was baptism by fire. You know, it was all those, those uh, idioms about, about being thrown into a situation that he wasn't ready for. Uh, and, and, and he responded by going into the, the weight room, going into the training room, rebuilding his body rebuilding his game uh and suddenly you know we're hearing whispers about this incredible offseason that terrence Steele had had uh and now we go into the the following year and he's pushing Lael collins uh as the at the right tackle position which we felt like would be impossible and then now suddenly we're trading Lael collins and, and it's like it, it just became a situation where he uh ascended so quickly in his game it became so good so quickly uh it was shocking and then now suddenly uh, you, you you know smash cut to last season uh, and, and there was a point that before he got injured before he tore his ACL that you would argue that him and Zach Martin were the best run blocking duo in football uh, and, and 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 they were do- the the right side running game the duo that they were running for the right side was one of the most dominant plays in in, in offensive football uh, and so I, I think that's the kind of ascension we've seen from this guy and because of all the hard work that he's put in year in and out and proven himself as just like a, a tireless worker, uh, you feel you know a level of confidence with giving him this kind of money because you feel like, hey, if anybody's going to squeeze the juice out of himself, uh, it, it's going to be this guy. 
And what do you think about the future of the Dallas offensive line? You have Steele locked in for maybe not five years, as you talked about, but for at least a couple more here. But what about the other positions? Obviously, we've talked about Zach Martin and his contract situation that now was at least resolved for now. But what do you think about the rest of Dallas's offensive line besides Steele? Yeah, well, you think Martin, obviously, they re-signed the deal, and you feel like he's playing, he's in the prime of his career at this point. You know, maybe he's uh, getting close to the part where he's getting out of the prime, but he still should be a solid, you know, all-pro type level player for a couple more years. Uh, You've got Tyler Biotis, who really started to play really good football last season, was a pro bowler. Uh, and you feel like has come in this year and has kind of taken his game to he's, he's kind of taken on the role of being kind of the, the nasty mix it up guy in the middle. Uh, uh, so the, the smart, tough guy. And, and, and then obviously on the left side, Tyler, Tyron Smith is, is Tyron Smith. He's, he's in the twilight of his career. I think the injuries have started to take a, a toll, but he's still playing at a very high level. And if he can stay healthy, uh, he's still a very, very good left tackle. And then, and honestly, the guy that may be, the second best offensive lineman outside of Zach Martin on this team is Tyler Smith. I, he, he came in last year, was a complete shock to everybody, pl- uh, looked really good at left guard, was, again, uh, another situation where he was thrown into the fire, just like uh, Terrence Steele previously uh, at left tackle, and and he floated at a lot higher rate than Terrence Steele. He actually played very good football, was a surprising uh, uh, addition for the Cow- uh, Cowboys, a surprising positive, I should say, at left tackle when, when you were expecting just – hopefully someone to hold on at the position uh, and now to kind of see him slide back into guard a position where you feel like his strengths are accentuated even better. Uh, uh, I think, you know, the, the, the short-term situation for the Cowboys looks really good. The, you know, t- the year, two years, three years from now, I think you have a lot of pieces in play, but there's still a lot of question marks as to, Oh, can Asim Richards who had a really good training camp this tra- uh, year uh, take a step next year and maybe, you know, be a guy to, be your future attack, left tackle. Those are all questions that I think that the Cowboys are asking themselves currently. Uh, but, but I feel like they have to feel pretty good about the state of their offensive line as it stands, at least on the front line uh, that once you get a couple of steps back, I think most teams in the NFL have pretty big question marks. A huge shout out to Landon for diving into the Terrence Steele extension and more Dallas Cowboys talking for more on Landon's work. Check him out over the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, more NFL content with your Tuesday host. Super sure to stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On NFL.